Well, hey guys, uh, my name's Kyle Kegler. I am the campus pastor here at Watermark, and uh, that. I can't tell you how excited we are that all of you guys are here for a number of different reasons. Um, one of the things before we get started, even though we are all macho, studly men, I know that when you step into a room like this, maybe you're here for the first time at Watermark for the first time, uh, there's a little bit of insecurity and anxiety uh, going on in your heart. So the first thing I want to say is, hey, relax. We are really glad you're here. Uh, if Watermark is not your church, we're really glad you're here. We're excited to be able to equip you and send you back to wherever it is that you are serving and using your gifts, ready to uh, be a disciple and make disciples. And so a couple other folks that are probably in the room is maybe some folks that um, or like, hey, I don't know where I am on this journey with God. You may not even be a guy who says, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. We're really glad that you're here. The guys at your table, your leaders will look incredibly forward to journeying with you on, hey, who is Christ? Okay, how do I have a personal relationship with God? There'll be all kinds of opportunities. And just so you know our philosophy here, every week you're going to have a talking head like me for only about 20 minutes, okay? Because we believe that life change happens not because somebody talks at you for 20 or 25 minutes, but because you get to talk about God's Word, the curriculum that we have put together that is based on God's Word, Okay, we believe that that's where the life change happens. So my job is just to kind of set you guys up today for about 15 or 20 minutes. But if you're on a journey with God, we're glad you're here. And man, relax, enjoy it, use it to help you grow in that journey. Also, you may be here because you don't know the first thing about the Bible. It's exactly why we chose the curriculum. Okay, the curriculum that we're going to go through these next seven weeks is amazing at giving you an incredible overview of God's communication to his people. And so whether you're a one on a scale of one to ten, a six on a scale of one to ten, or a nine on a scale of one to ten, this is going to be great. And so if you're here and you've got that insecurity in you that, hey, I don't know my Bible very well, hey, we're really glad that you're here. And so I don't care where you are right now. What I care about today is that you will kind of metaphorically raise your hand and say, wherever I am on my journey with God, wherever I am in my knowledge of the Scripture, I want to grow. And you need to know something about our God. I don't know what you did last night, last week, last month when you were in high school in terms of just blowing it. I don't care. Man, God's grace will meet you exactly where you are. All he cares about, all we cares about is today, raise your hand and say, I want to make progress. Whether it's on some of that crap that we all did months or years ago, whether it's on how much I know the Bible or whether it's what, what I know about a journey with God. So with all that said, we're really glad that you guys are here, and I hope today you raise your hand, and it is a stake in the ground for you as you begin to walk deeply with Christ. Let me tell you what I do care about deeply, and I do care about deeply that we equip you to be leaders in the church, 
Okay, and so again, I don't care where you are, but I really care about where you end up because we have got folks in community groups screaming, hey, we need leaders. We've got folks in region and re-engage saying we need leaders. We need folks in summit. We need leaders. We want every single one of you, regardless of where you're starting, to be on a journey with God, with other people, because we want to be able to throw you into whatever situation comes our way, okay? So the guys that are on staff, the gals that are on staff, we can't handle all the crap that's coming our way, okay? We hardly can handle the crap in our own lives, okay? And so we need a ton of people to raise their hand and say, I want a shepherd, I want an elder, the church of God that in this particular place and time is Watermark Community Church Plano, or if you're from another church, you go back there and you tell those guys you want to lead, you want to make disciples, you want to help people get free from addictions and hurts and habits and hangups. Man, go lead. Come here and lead. So my goal is for you to know the Bible, but it's not to make you a smarter sinner. Our goal is that you're on a journey. This is only seven weeks but I want you to get you to a place where you can say, hey, I'm ready for that. So here's what I want you to do. A little exercise. No matter where you are, I want you to think about the most intimidating thing to you that I could potentially throw you into. Okay? So let's say somebody passed away and I came up to you and I said, hey, we need you to do a funeral. What happens in your heart? A little panic? What would I say? How about we've got a marriage blowing up? And I mean, I've been in some where they're throwing stuff at each other in the room I'm in, right? And I say, hey, I need you two guys to partner up and jump in that room and handle that. How we doing? What if I said, hey, I need you on a Sunday morning to speak in front of, let's say, Dallas, 7,000 people on a Sunday morning. What does that do to you? I want you to be able to do all of those things. Now, God may not have wired you for that, but I want you to know God's word so well and how that lives out in our world that we can hear the leadership at Watermark said, man, I can throw those two guys in the middle of that mess and they will bring God's word and God's grace to that situation and life change is gonna come out of it. Let me tell you my most intimidating story and ask you the one that I probably have been more scared than I ever was before. So this is probably 10 years ago. I had a guy that was working for me as an intern. And so he was growing like crazy, going through regen, confessing. He grew up in Vegas. And I mean, anything you can do in Vegas, he had done from the time he was 10 till the time at this time he was probably 30. And so he had come to Christ a few years before, and so things were happening, and he was confessing and bringing stuff out into the light, and we hired him because we saw gifts and passion and humility and all that kind of stuff. And one day he walks into my office and he says, hey, Kyle, can we talk? That's always a problem, okay? And he said, hey, I have, I have to confess something to you. And he said, when I was 12 years old, I sexually abused my female cousin when she was four years old. He goes, I've never told anybody that. And I'm not sure what I need to do. And I'm like, me neither. And so we sat down and we started reading God's word 
and we started getting counsel and we talked to attorneys and all kinds of stuff and we came back with the fact that he and I, oh boy, that I got to be a part of this process, we're gonna drive to another town and one day meet with this girl's dad and tell him what happened. You know why that's the right thing to do? Because there's a little girl there that had grown up and she may be sexually active, she may live with insecurity, she may have all these things, right, in her life, okay, because of that incident that is not in the light. And so as we got counsel, we said, we gotta go down and we gotta tell him. Are you ready? I thought I was gonna get shot. Can you imagine? And so that really was scared to death. One of those times in my life when I just said, all right, God, this is the right thing to do. I've sought counsel. Your Bible tells me what to do. And now I just need courage, and I don't have it. And so we jumped in the car, and we drove down uh, to another town, and we sat down with this guy, and my buddy sat there and just looked him in the eye and said, hey, I will tell you anything you want to know. And he started very broadly and said, I was sexually inappropriate with your daughter when she was four years old. And then we asked him, how much detail do you want? And I think he wisely chose not to have a ton of detail. And he looked at us, this guy was not a believer, and he looked at us and he said, hey, I'm part of the family that you came from and I know how screwed up we are. And so you need to know I am angry, I need to process, I need to think about this, but I am so glad that you came and told me. And this guy that was a non-believer acted like a Christian and actually told him, I forgive you for that. And so there's been a lot of stuff that's unpacked from that situation But guys, the only reason, there was no courage in and of myself to go do that into that situation except for I knew that God was telling me what to do. And I had the counsel of other people and I needed to do what is right. I think a ton of us are in that situation, okay? And I'm asking you to start today by saying, God, I wanna be that guy that no matter what God asked me to do, who cares whether I ask you to do it or not, but no matter if God asked me to do something, I'm gonna do it. Because I wanna see freedom and grace and growth and transformation take place in people's lives. And so that, as we go through these seven weeks, that's what I hope happens to you, is you feel a conviction about being a man that can jump into any situation that goes on in your neighborhood, at your office, and say, put me in, coach. I want to be part of reconciling that situation. And I guarantee you, you will grow faster and become more mature quicker because you say yes to those things that are in your life. And if you need some, we got them. Okay, so raise your hand and say, hey, I want to be a part of the body of Christ. And that's when in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, I think it is, Paul talks about we are ambassadors of reconciliation. Okay, that's our job is to reconcile people to God and to each other. And so this study, these next seven weeks, we're going to get you ready. 
Okay, we're going to have your leaders plugging into you, and not just on Thursday mornings. We've got two leaders at almost every table. They're going to call you. They're going to spend some time with you outside of these tables. We've got guys that are going to spend time with your leaders because we're trying to build men who will shepherd the flock of God that's among us. And right now, on a Sunday, there's about 2,000 people here. Kids, students, adults, and we need you. All right, let me give you a quick overview of what we're going to do in the class, and then we'll keep moving. All right, so first thing that you need to know, our goal for you is that you would first and foremost would be a man who abides with Jesus, Okay. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. And so as we go through this, a lot of us are wired. We're checklist guys, type A guys. And we're like, I did my homework this week. Okay, check the box. Hey, I attend a group, checks the box. I'm good. And here's what I want to tell you. Just because you do those things doesn't mean that you abide with Christ. Okay, it is tools, it's disciplines that help you grow, okay, is what that is. But abiding and spiritual growth and maturity comes because you open your heart after you spent your time, kick your feet up on the table, grab your coffee, and say, God, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to teach me? See, this whole Bible study thing that we're going to be doing is so that we can be transformed and we can abide with Christ. It's not so that we can be smarter. And you're gonna get a ton of information, okay, about the Bible, about the themes of the Bible. You are gonna be more equipped in seven weeks than you can believe that you're gonna be equipped. But it's your job in connection with the Holy Spirit and a supernatural God to yield to him and say, God, change me. Help me use this information. Turn it into wisdom. Turn it into transformation. And along this process, God may ask you to do some things that you don't want to do. You may have to go to your wife and say, honey, I am so sorry. I have been an idiot. Will you forgive me? God may ask you to do that as part of your transformation. You may need to go to your kids and say, hey, kids, I have traveled way too much and I have missed the opportunity to disciple you. Will you forgive me? In this process of transformation and abiding, God may ask you to do some really hard things. And so what you need to do is use your group. Use your group leaders. Hey, when I was doing my homework this week, okay, I got the impression that God wanted me to do this. I don't want to do it. I'm scared. Right? I need you guys to pray for me. I need you guys to hold me accountable that I am going to go do this thing that God has asked me to do. And so, man, we want you to abide. We want you to be transformed. We want you to yield to the Lord. And so what we use in the midst of all that is the greatest tool for life transformation that is. But knowing the Bible does not equal life change. 
but it is the greatest tool we have that leads us towards life change. So we are going to spend some time these next seven weeks going through an overview of the Bible. And so let me just tell you what the Bible says about itself, okay, so you know what role that this tool that's the Scriptures will say to you. So let's look at um, 2 Timothy 3.16. Okay, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. All Scripture comes from God. So question for you from today, do we really believe that the Bible that you hold in your hands is really God's revealed will will for our lives? Do you believe it? Do you believe that it's in, in its original autographs that it was God's divinely inspired word of God? And so you've got on your table, I can't spend any time on this, would love to, this handout, please don't lose this. It will be a gift to you forever. I did not do it. I stole it, okay, from somebody else. But it is one of the best things you could ever get, okay, to be reminded that the Bible is God's word and why that is. It's called the reliability of the scriptures, And it makes an incredible case if you are not convinced that the Bible is God's living word to us. So there is a whole class on the reliability of the scripture if you want to. But read through that. If you know this page, you'll be able to answer 95% of the questions that come up regarding the reliability of God's word in your own heart and as you meet with other people. And so it is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, for training, uh, training in righteousness and correction. Here's something else the scripture says about itself. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the divisions of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and able to judge. Get this, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. If you will let it, it will pierce you and cut you in half in the most loving way possible. If you will let it. As we go through God's word in these next seven weeks, if you will let it transform you, it will transform you. And so let me just end here just with the real practical piece of how how to do this. Again, not knowing where all of you guys are, Bible study growth is a supernatural event. If you go read the passage in uh, Luke 24 that talks about the road to Emmaus, it just basically says that God, Jesus, opened their eyes to see the truths of the Scripture. But it's incredibly practical. What I wish I had was that I said, hey, I want to know 500 passages of Scripture right now. Come on, God, give it to me. I would love for that to happen. For whatever reason, God has not chosen to do that in any of our lives. I've never met anybody that that happened. So spending time with God, studying God's Word is intensely practical. 
you have got to set a time and you have got to set a place and you have got to have a plan. And so the goal today is if you don't have that, would you start that? If you don't regularly spend time in God's word, okay, start with 15 minutes. I know how busy we all are. If we don't schedule it, it won't happen. We have given you a plan. There's some reading to do each week, and there's some reading in the scripture, and Derek did a great job. He wrote the curriculum. There's an actual chart that you can fill in. You'll get to the end of week one, and you will say, good night. I know a lot about the Bible. Now, I promise you that will happen. If you'll set aside a time and a place and you'll follow the plan, you're going to get to the end of these seven weeks, and you are going to say, all right, I see it. I get it. And then when you see it start to transform your family and the way that you lead your business and that your marriage starts to get better and your kids start respecting their dad more, you're going to start to get it more. And you're going to see relationships reconcile. Guys, I am telling you, if you will, if you will commit to growing today and you'll start spending time in God's word, it will transform your life. Not because of the information, but because you say, God, change me. Before you start, God, will you change me? And so you have a lot of guys around your table that are gonna raise their hand and say the same thing, I wanna do this. And my challenge to you guys is to do it together. Talk to guys, be honest. Talk about the things that are keeping you from moving forward. And if you'll commit to it, God will change your life, he'll change your family, and he'll change the way that you interact with everyone. Let's pray. Father, thanks for the time. Just uh, talk about what it means to grow and be transformed. And Father, we need your Holy Spirit that lives in us to change us. Father, would you help us to do our part, which is to yield, to set aside time, and to say, God, change us, because we need you to do that. Our lives apart from you, we cannot do anything that has eternal value. And so, Lord, I thank you for the men that are at these tables, the fact that they've taken the step to register, jump into a table with a bunch of guys they probably don't know. Would you use the courage that that took? Father, and at the end of these seven weeks, would all of us look and say, hey, our life is being transformed and everyone around us is paying attention. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, so here's what we're going to do. You're just going to turn around, jump into your groups. Every group has leaders. Okay, as Jason said, this week there's no, there was no homework okay, for these two weeks. So this is kind of a get-to-know-you time. Talk about kind of where you came from, how you got here. They've got, those leaders have got questions. Uh, if you will, on your tables, you have rosters. Okay, make sure all the information on those rosters is correct so that your leaders can contact you. And then if there needs to be any adjustments on tables or table leaders, uh, just let us know that on those rosters. We'll take those, we'll make the changes, and we'll have them cleaned up and ready for you next week. And then everybody will get a copy so that you'll have everybody's information so you guys can start to live life together. So have a great morning.